bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, February 28, 2017. 24 years ago, back in 1993, the Longevling tax credit was still a temporary provision, having already been extended several times. To try and eliminate the need for recurring extender legislation, 24 years ago this week, then-Senate Majority Leader George Mitchell introduced a bill to make the Longevling tax credit a permanent part of the tax code. Mitchell's bill did not become law, but the Longevling tax credit was made permanent that same year through the Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1993. There are two things about Mitchell's long-composing tax credit legislation that actually tie into this week's tax credit news. First of all, one of the 53 co-sponsors of the long-composing tax credit bill was none other than Senator Orrin Hatch, who is currently the Senate Finance Committee Chairman. I'll have more news in a bit about a new bill that Hatch is going to help reintroduce to expand and enhance the long-composing tax credit. The second thing I want to note is that Mitchell's Long-Term Housing Tax Credit Permanence Bill, back in 1993, included a provision addressing the eligibility of full-time students to live in Long-Term Housing Tax Credit units. Coincidentally, I'll have more news in today's podcast about bills introduced in the House and Senate recently that also address the full-time student rule. But first, let's dive into this week's tax credit news. President Trump will speak before a joint session of Congress tonight. And he's expected to mention, at least in passing, tax reform. We'll be listening closely to what Trump says on that front and report back in next week's podcast. In our general section today, I'll first talk about the Trump administration's targeted time frame for passing significant tax reform, as expressed by the new Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. I'll also have an update and what we might expect to see the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development consider for a fiscal year 2017 T-HUD spending bill. And then in long housing tax credit news, I'll talk briefly about the 2017 calendar year state population estimates and how those affect long housing tax credit ceilings and private activity bond caps. Then I'll discuss what affordable housing advocates are doing to drum up support for the expected reintroduction of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act. That, of course, is the bill originally introduced in the previous Congress to increase the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Authority by 50%, among other things. I'll also discuss new legislation introduced in the House and Senate to allow certain full-time students to live in Low-Income Housing Tax Credit units. And in New Markets Tax Credit news, I'll talk about a letter sent by the NMTC Coalition and the CDFI Coalition to the new Treasury Secretary asking him to support community development initiatives. Then, I'll share highlights from the latest Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report. After that, I'll have some important dates to note for the CDFI Bond Guarantee Program. And I'll close out with a restored tax credit section, where I'll discuss a West Virginia bill to increase the state historic tax credit to 25%. If you're ready, let's get started. 
In general news, newly confirmed Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told CNBC last week that the Trump administration aims to pass tax reform before the August congressional recess. This timeline is similar to the one that House Speaker Paul Ryan has announced. Mnuchin said tax reform was his number one priority. As you know, House Republicans released their tax reform blueprint last year, and they're drafting legislation based on that blueprint. Now, the Trump administration has promised to release a tax plan in the coming weeks. In fact, President Donald Trump last week said that his tax plan is, and I quote, very well finalized, close quote. He said the plan will be released after an Affordable Care Act repeal, maybe in early to mid-March. As noted earlier in the podcast, Trump is scheduled to give a joint address to Congress. That's happening tonight, and he's expected to comment on tax reform and infrastructure, so we do hope to have a better idea of his priorities later today. Meanwhile, the Senate has yet to release its tax reform priorities. But Mnuchin did say that the White House is working with both chambers of Congress on, and I quote, a combined plan, close quote. Now, exactly what the plan will contain and what it would mean for tax credits does obviously remain to be seen. Mnuchin did not go into detail, but he said that the plan would focus on a middle-income tax cut and simplification for businesses. He said that if there are tax cuts, they would be offset with reduced deductions and other things for those at higher income levels. In addition to tax reform, Mnuchin said other actions, such as regulatory reform, could improve economic growth. Although, he did caution that if action were taken this year, the economic effects would likely not be apparent until next year. In other news, it is believed that the House Appropriations Subcommittee that covers Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development and Related Agencies, or the T-HUD Committee, may consider a new fiscal year 2017 spending bill this week. As you may recall, the federal government is currently operating under a temporary stopgap funding resolution which expires April 28th. By that date, Congress needs to either pass another continuing resolution, if they took this path, that continuing resolution would likely go through the end of the fiscal year in September, or they can pass a full-year spending bill. One of the concerns is that the new 2017 THUD bill may include provisions to roll back fair housing provisions. And so, the National Low-Income Housing Coalition and other groups have preemptively started circulating a sign-on letter to Congress in support of protecting, affirmatively furthering fair housing regulations. We're keeping an eye out for the legislation, and we'll keep you posted on any updates. And as you know, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Novogratik. In local housing tax credit news, the IRS released its 2017 calendar year resident population figures yesterday. As you know, these figures help determine states' 2017 low-income housing tax credit ceiling and their taxes and productivity bond caps. We're going to have more details about the 2017 credit ceiling and bond volume caps next week after we've had a chance to do some analysis of the relevant impact across the country. In addition to low-income housing tax credit news, the Affordable Rental Housing Action Campaign is circulating a sign-on letter that will be submitted to Congress in support of the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act. The legislation will be reintroduced by Senators Maria Cantwell and Senate Finance Committee Chairman Orrin Hatch. The bill will be very similar to the legislation that was introduced during the last Congress. 
the new bill would increase low-income housing tax credit allocation authority by 50%, and it would give states more flexibility in administering the credit and would support the development of rental homes using the low-income housing tax credit with multifamily housing bonds, including a 4% tax credit floor for tax and bond finance properties. Now, the deadline to sign the letter is tomorrow, March 1st. The action campaign is specifically looking for additional signatories in the following states. Alaska, Idaho, Iowa, Mississippi, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, and Wyoming. Now, if you're already an Action Campaign member, you're automatically included in the letter and do not need to sign on. However, you're encouraged to share the sign-on letter with your networks. Again, the deadline to sign on is tomorrow, March 1st. To find the letter, go to www.rentalhousingaction.org. In other affordable housing news, Identical bills were introduced in the House and Senate last week, bills that would allow homeless youths and veterans who are full-time students to qualify to live in low-income housing tax credit property. This legislation was introduced by Representatives Keith Ellison, a Democrat, and Eric Paulson, a Republican, in the House. Both are from Minnesota. And in the Senate, the bill was introduced by Senator Al Franken, a Democrat also from Minnesota. The legislation allows students to live in low-income housing tax credit property if they were homeless children within seven years of moving into the unit. As you know, students normally don't qualify to live in low-income housing tax credit property. The same standard would apply to students who were homeless veterans within five years of moving into the apartment. It's the fourth straight session of Congress in which a similar bill has been introduced. And it's worth noting that the Affordable Housing Credit Improvement Act is expected to have an even broader student rule reform provision. My colleague Peter Lawrence in Washington says this bill is a long shot to pass, but that it shows again the desire for legislators to make adjustments to the long housing tax credit to make it better fit the goals of the program. We'll keep you posted on any further developments with this, and you can read H.R. 1145 or S-434 on our website at www.taxcredithousing.com. In New Markets Tax Credit News, the CDFI Coalition and the New Markets Tax Credit Coalition wasted no time in asking new Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin to support critical programs under his jurisdiction. These, of course, include the New Markets Tax Credit Program and the CDFI Bond Guarantee Program. The group sent Secretary Mnuchin a letter informing him about how the programs help meet a deep need for flexible and affordable capital in underserved communities. Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs, leverage more than $12 in private sector capital for every dollar of CDFI fund awards. And more than 72% of new market tax credit investments have been in severely distressed communities. And it's well documented that the federal tax revenue generated by new market tax credit investments more than pays for the cost of the program. Between 2003 and 2015, $42 billion in direct NMC investments were made in businesses. These NMTC investments, in turn, leverage nearly $80 billion in total capital. As I mentioned earlier, Mnuchin is making tax reform his number one priority. So it's crucial that the tax credit community continues to make the case for proven community development tools. If you want to read the letter, go to www.newmarketscredits.com. Speaking of the New Markets Tax Credit, the City of Fund has released its latest Monthly Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report, or the QEI Report. The report identifies the total dollar amount finalized by new market tax allocatees, as well as the amount 
that remains to be issued. The CDFI fund said that nearly $41 million in allocation authority was issued in January. The total amount allocated since the beginning of the program has now reached $42.8 billion. I should also note by comparison, about $277 million in allocation authority was finalized in December. Now, with signed allocation agreements starting to be released, bearing in mind that the $41 million allocation authority issued in January was from prior rounds, not the recent combined round, but with signed allocation agreements starting to be released, we expect to see the issuance of new market tax credits to rise dramatically in the coming months. Now, as of the report's date, February 21st, the amount of new market tax allocation authority still available is nearly $7.7 billion, $7 billion of which being recently made available through the recent double round. If you'd like to see the latest QI report, go to www.newmarketscredits.com. Also, Registration for the Novogratz 2017 New Markets Tax Credit Spring Conference is now open. The conference will be in Washington, D.C. on June 8th and June 9th. The early bird registration rate is available until May 15th. And to register, simply go to www.novoco.com events. I also wanted to mention a few upcoming deadlines for the fiscal year 2017 round of the CDFI Bond Guarantee Program. CDFI certification applications and qualified issuer applications must be submitted by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time this Friday, March 3rd. That's 11.59 Eastern Time this Friday, March 3rd. Guarantee applications are due by 11.59 Eastern Time on Friday, March 17th, two weeks later. Now, if you have any questions about the fiscal year 2017 application period, you must submit them to the CDFI Fund by 11.59 Eastern Time on Friday, March 10th. Well, those are uh, several key dates. If you'd like any help with these applications, please contact my partner, Owen Gray, in our San Francisco office. In historic tax credit news, a bill was introduced in the West Virginia legislature last week that would increase the state historic tax credit from 10% to 25% for qualified rehabilitation investments. The increase would go into effect for qualified rehabilitation expenditures made after June 30th. Now, advocates of the proposal say that increasing the state historic tax credit would make more historic rehabilitation projects feasible. Increasing the credit to 25% would also make West Virginia more competitive in attracting investors. Neighboring states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, all have 25% state historic tax credits. The legislation is House Bill 2545. And to learn more about state historic tax credit programs in your state, go to www.historictaxcredits.com. And you can also contact my partner, Tom Bosha, in our Cleveland, Ohio office. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. There's still time, I want to note, to sign up for this Friday's Novogratic Initial Lease-Up and Maximizing First-Year Credits webinar. This webinar looks at crucial factors in managing a long closing tax credit property's construction, completion, and initial lease-up. Factors that, if ignored or misunderstood, could jeopardize a property's ability to maximize and accelerate its tax credits. Again, the webinar is this Friday, March 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You register at www.novoco.com webinars. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. 
Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratic and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.